Welcome to the Tummy Team Journey Podcast, where we share how functional core rehab can actually change your life. We share the stories of clients and professionals who have done Tummy Team programs, and we share so much more than that. I'm Kelly Dean, physical therapist and founder of the Tummy Team. I'm passionate about helping people find profound healing beyond the physical healing, but also emotional healing to be strong and pain-free for the life they were meant to live. Welcome back to the Tummy Team Journey podcast. This is Kelly Dean, and today our podcast is actually part two of our functional core, kind of our integration podcast. We did one last week where we talked about all of the different ways that we can integrate our core and pelvic floor strength and strategies into life integration. And we talked specifically about our new course called Functional Core. It's an advanced course that's supposed to be for clients after they've done our foundational courses, either core foundation, floor of your core, or prenatal core, um, or core foundations for men. I kind of assume that when I say core foundations. So our in our functional core course. The last couple of weeks of the course, I specifically address sports. And sports can be such an important part to people's daily life, but also their emotional well-being and sometimes their identity. I, I know a lot of people that feel like it's such a great stress relief or it's such a great outlet for them, or it's where it's a part of their life that brings them so much joy. And after um, people have suffered some kind of core injury or pelvic floor injury, whether that was a diastasis, whether it was related to an injury um, or a birth recovery or, you know, something else going on in their body where the body has not been, had the strength um structurally in the core and the pelvic floor to be able to safely return to some of the sports that maybe you've done in your youth or done before you had this injury. And a good portion of the initial rehab component at the tummy team is helping you get back to real life activities and things that are really important to you. Um, sports can be one of those things for people. Not everybody wants to return to everything, but you know, for, for some of us, like for me, most of you know that swimming is a huge part of my my life, and um, it, it really helps me um, process things going on in my life. It helps me um, stretch and strengthen, and uh, it, it's invigorating and stress-relieving, and it's so many things. But so is, you know, for what swimming is to me, maybe ice hockey is to you, or surfing, or golf, or tennis, you know, and um, it was especially difficult for me when I first learned about my diastasis and really understand the extent of what was going on in my body. I was I was specifically told that I should never swim again, that swimming would be one of the worst things I could do. And um, that at the time I wasn't swimming and I thought, oh, okay, well, I'm not swimming right now anyway. But as I started to regain my functional strength, the more I wanted to swim again, the more that felt like something that should be 
within reach now that I'm not hurting just standing or, you know, or just picking up my toddler. You know, I should be able to get back to doing something like a low impact sport that people do of all ages. So what I've really learned over the course of my career um, and as as an athlete, but also as a physical therapist and just as a human being is that it's really important to, to not give up on the things that you love and to look for a way to be smart about not only doing what you love, but doing it in a way that you can continue to do what you love. You know, there's a lot of stress in our world. There's a lot of really difficult things going out there and um, things that bring us joy sometimes are few and far between and looking for ways to embrace the things that bring us joy and and help us feel alive in a whole new way um, is is important. I had, I had uh, an e-session with a client, an older gentleman, who uh, we were talking about basketball and talking about, you know, this uh, just being able to shoot the ball. And he said to me um, that 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 movement, going through that movement, woke up something in him that had been dormant that made him feel, um, once it woke up, it made him feel alive. It made him feel excited about life. And and it was simply because the muscle memory of doing that particular component of the sport reminded him of what his youth was like or what his young adult life was like or all the good times he had playing pickup basketball games, you know, when he was younger and more active. And I I believe that there's a lot to be learned in that, you know, and I know I've had those experiences myself. So... When we're looking at, you know, helping you live the life you were meant to live and helping you do the things you love, I want to help you do these things as well. Okay, so how do we do that? So there's an overall kind of an overall mindset and strategy, regardless of what sport or activity physical activity you enjoy doing that's going to work across the board. And it is basically what I have kind of called skills and drills, skills and drills. And it's basically deconstructing your sport, your activity into components, working on the components in a new way that connects to your core, that maybe puts you in a better alignment, that helps you not be injuring yourself and breaking it down into pieces and then slowly building those pieces back together. And if you think back to when you first learned whatever sport it was, that's how they taught you, right? They, you know, when you first learned, you know, how to, you know, play soccer, you're first just running with the soccer ball and then you're like, you know, doing just kicking drills and you're doing passing drills and you're doing, you know, side running drills and running forward and running backwards and, and, you know, and then you just do drills on just working on overhead throws. You break it down into pieces. But what seems to happen as adults, when we already have a muscle memory um, and an emotional memory for a sport, we just, you know, do a couple quick stretches and jump right back out on the field. And if your body... You may have in your brain some muscle memory for that sport, 
but most likely if you're returning to a sport after a major life changing event like the birth of a baby or recovery from a car accident or a long sedentary season of life working at a desk, your muscle memory is connected to a body that you no longer have. (laughs) I don't know how else to say that. So you need to connect to your current body and then connect that muscle memory components to your current body. So that may mean breaking down some things. And also some things that maybe you did in your sport without the best form in the past uh, won't cut it anymore. You need to use, um, you need to get rid of bad habits. You need to look for optimal form. You need to be focused and intentional, not distracted, not sloppy, not just powering through, not just zoning out and doing the thing. You're going to have to be intentional. You're going to have to be breaking it down, thinking it through, and really recognizing personally in yourself when you, what your limits are, what your boundaries are. And if you do pass a boundary, you need to think what caused that. You know, you know maybe your boundary is you start wetting your pants um, if you get too tired or you jump too high or too far or something like that. You have to kind of think about let's not let's not be in an all or nothing pattern. Let's break it down and build it back up and work on individual components of these activities. So that being said, I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of go through a handful of low impact sports and then a handful of high impact sports and kind of use this mindset a little bit. I'm not going to obviously go through every detail of every sport, but start helping you see how this works. All right. So we're going to start with low impact and the low impact sports that and activities that I um, chose to kind of address in the course. It's not going to include everything, but these are the ones we we address. We address golf, um, cycling or spin classes, uh, ice hockey, Um, elliptical, swimming, surfing, dance, rowing, skiing, snowboarding. Now, I understand that some of those are high intensity, but they're not the same as high impact. I think about high impact as things that include running. Um, And these do, none of these really, maybe dance can be a high impact as well, because there's running and jumping in that. Um, There is sometimes jumping and snowboarding and skiing. But for the most part, it's a lower impact sport. So that's how I kind of drew the two because there's some specific things with high impact that we have to talk about that have to do with running and um, that kind of component. So we're going to start out with just surfing. Okay, surfing isn't the sport everybody wants to do, but for some people, surfing is just um, the love of their life and they want to get back to it. So. With surfing, what I really try to encourage people to do is recognize um, that you you want to break down the components at home, not out on the water. So, you know, putting a yoga mat on the floor as your pretend surfboard and working on that connection to your core, that exhale and connection to your core when you're going from your belly to your feet. So tummy to knees, tummy to feet, learning how to exhale and engage on that transition, how to start out slow and really seeing how your body needs to move and then building up speed. Because when you're surfing, there is a speed component from getting 
from flat down up onto your feet. Um, recognizing that kind of transition, uh, that's, that's important and learning how to exhale and engage while you're in that transition. So practicing that and sometimes just practicing it, like, you know, doing five to 10 belly, you know, tummy to feet, tummy to feet movements to see how you can kind of perfect that transition when you're not, you know, in the water. The other component is, you know, learning how to do that kind of hinge squat um, weight shift that you need to do. And sometimes you can get like a little tilt board that you do at home, or I will sometimes have people just stand on a pillow, like a long kind of um, kind of bolster like pillow and, and work on kind of that engaging the core and balancing and shifting your weight back and forth, back and forth. Sometimes also like, um, you know, with the tilt board or, um, kind of a half dome, like a half foam roller, you can get a half foam roller that you, you create kind of, uh, that you stand on and you work on that shifting back and forth, shifting back and forth and keeping your core active while you're in kind of that position. And the the big thing is to breaking it down outside of the water. So you're building up some of those skills when you can stop at any time, you can take a break at any time. And, and you might find that you get pretty exhausted. We don't want you to be in a place where you're out on the waves and you kind of have to keep on going and power through and use compensation patterns. We want you to build endurance before you get there, okay? Elliptical. Uh, elliptical is a, probably a pretty easy thing to return to because you can control a lot of the factors, but big thing is to think about your alignment. You wanna do the neutral pelvis releases that we talk about, the forward bend hamstring stretch, um, kind of like the, the hinging, some of the things that we do in um, to help you be in the neutral pelvis, thinking about where your foot is and where your pressure through your foot is when you're on the ellipticals. I usually have people um, start without the arms and really just look at their weight shift and engaging their core on the weight shift without the complexity of the arms. The other thing, looking at where your eyes are, you know, eyes need to be looking eyes on the horizon, not looking down. Um, so think about if you're looking at your phone, trying to set it up or setting a TV up a little bit higher so that you're looking up. And then once you get that breathing connection with the pressure, then you can add the arms as well. You may need to do several stretches because it's easy to hunch in that position. So you may need to do the door frame stretching, the stand, standing QL stretches, the things that open up your body. Um, but breaking it down um, and doing a little bit and really making sure you're doing it well before you just get on and do 30 minutes with, you know, kind of mindless activity. You know, even though it is something that you can kind of get distracted on and just go through the motions, you want to make sure you're going through the right motions when you're doing it. All right. Next sport, swimming. Um, I actually have quite a, a bit of content on swimming out on the web because obviously this is my sport and there's a lot of things to do in this. But the biggest thing I could say for swimmers is initially really stretching because the the downside of having poor postures and a weak core is having that tight chest muscles and weak back muscles. And you need that full range of motion of your shoulders to keep your pelvis and your rib cage in alignment required to not flare your ribs while you're swimming. 
and flaring of the ribs is why I was told not to swim. You need to kind of keep your ribs anchored. And if you have a lot of tightness in the muscles around your shoulder, then your whole rib cage moves when you move your shoulder. And we want your shoulder to move without your rib cage moving. So doing the door frame stretch, doing the foam roller stuff, we have like this door walk, working on some of the band work that, the, that we use, those body elastic bands, where we really are working on opening up your chest and getting that stability and mobility of the shoulders while the core is staying stable. Um, and then being elongated and getting the breath coordination. B swimming is all about breathing, right? You know, you breathe out underwater, you take a breath into the side, breathe out underwater, take a breath into the side. So as you're breathing out, that's your exhale and engage. So doing, there's a lot of drills that you can do in swimming where, you know, you do one arm at a time, you go really slow, or you do, um, you stand your side, kick, 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 and you know, and you really shh through the stroke really thinking about how you're staying connected to your core while you're taking each consecutive stroke. In the end, swimming is really a great core workout and it can be totally tummy safe, but there's backstroke, there's butterfly, there's breaststroke, there's freestyle. So each stroke has a different set of challenges to that rib pelvis connection and learning how to exhale on the effort of each stroke is key. And the effort is where you're pulling the most water with your upper body. Um, the legs, you know, are, you know, stay fairly consistent. Breaststroke and butterfly, there is a kind of some key points where you really are putting a lot of pressure through your core, but that's usually connected to also where your arms are. So a lot of it is where your arms are pulling on the water is when you're going to exhale and engage and keeping that rib cage neutral as you get that full shoulder mobility. So a lot of swim work is dry land work, working on shoulder mobility, and which is usually lacking in adults because of our work postures and our parenting postures. So we have to work on that first. That component is key to, to being um, a core safe swimmer. All right, golf. Golf, we get tons and tons of questions about golf. Um, it's the hinge and the rotation, right? So we want to think about neutral pelvis. Really think about what is your hamstring length? Um, can you hinge? Can you, can you stand up in neutral pelvis and rotate your body while keeping your core engaged? Can you hinge and rotate while keeping your core engaged? This is without even picking up a golf, a golf club. Can you do it with your arms straight? Can you do it with like maybe, you know, a spatula in your hand? So it's just a little bit of an extension. Um, and then can you do it without the ball just swinging through, um, looking at that that rotation and hinge and recognizing that exhale and engage is right on the impact. So it's going to be this breathing through through motion. Um, and, and thinking about the golfer's reach when you bend over and get your ball. You know, how much are you keeping that pelvis and rib cage aligned where you hinge and keep your back straight? And can you do the rotation and stay connected to your core? So a lot of it is doing some stuff um, even in your house without the golf club where you're doing some hinges and rotation and standing and rotation and then doing some stuff at the driving range and the putting range and putting green where you're just working on components before you pull it all together. Um, I know that's a lot to think about because you're just trying to hit the ball, <laughs> but 
you know, the other great thing is in this and really in everything is if you can have somebody videotape you and you can watch yourself and compare yourself to maybe somebody that's an expert at your, your sport, that visual difference can help you start to process what you need to do differently. Obviously, you're not going to just, you know, turn into a pro golfer by watching it. But there is a lot to be said about how your eyes see what's going on and you can't feel it. So being able to see it from outside your body can be really helpful. All right, cycling, spin. Cycling is a little bit different than spin because um, if you're a road biker, there's a lot of hunching over and it's very difficult to be in a good alignment. But in a spin class, a lot of it is adjusting the seat and handlebar height. You want to lower the seat height increase the handlebar height so that you're hinged and not hunched so that you can you know kind of hinge at your hips and not round your back and trying to keep your back as straight as possible and really recognize also your head alignment um when you're on a bike you kind of jut your chin out and you're looking straight ahead but sometimes when you're on a spin bike you can kind of keep your head looking down and kind of elongated with your spine so that you don't have that kind of arching of your neck um, really slowing down and thinking about your breathing and and where and and recognizing that the effort is when you stand up on the bike and you really have to have that that breath and pushing through each individual foot as you're kind of going through. Um, lots of stretches here too: hip flexor stretches, overhead reach stretches, calves, quads, interior neck stretches really loosening up what those muscles are kind of in that position overdoing so that you're not kind of getting more and more crunched up into a ball. All right. Um, a lot of, a lot of um, my female clients with spin will say that when they start standing and really pushing, that's when they might have pelvic floor issues. So it's really important that you are in the right neutral pelvis alignment and as if you stand up and you start to have some leakage issues, then you need to sit back down. It means that your body is not strong enough to do that or it's too tired within the actual workout to keep good form and stay connected and that you're pushing down and pushing out there. So respecting those boundaries, breaking it down a little bit further, um, pacing yourself, not just doing the next step because that's the next step in the class, really thinking about what is your next step. All right, hockey. We're talking specifically ice hockey here. Um, doing some drills off the ice. Uh, again, it's posture that hinge. It's a hinge and squat. Your knees are bent and you're hinged forward. Um, you want to keep your your core elongated even though you're hinged forward. And there is some rotation and there is some exhaling and engaging the core on the impact of the swing. So doing some drills off the ice just with your stick, doing some skating drills without the stick or um, with just the stick on the ice, working on that core connection as you go. Uh, the big thing about hockey is... Um, you, you need to do the warm-ups, you need to do the drills, you need to spend some time not in the game, staying connected to your core because a lot, a lot of men and women that are playing hockey are sitting at a desk most of the day, so they're taking that kind of hunched posture onto the, to the ice rink, and you really need to spend some time elongating and stretching out and using a different form because if you're in a rounded form, kind of hunched over as you're skating, then that's going to put a lot of pressure out on your tummy and down in your pelvic floor. So so 
thinking about doing some of those elongating stretches prior to um, and after you play can really set the stage for you being in a different connection during the game. All right, we're going to talk, um, I'm going to save dance for the high impact because I kind of talk about similar things there, but we're going to talk about rowing, um, rowing, neutral hips or neutral pelvis and neutral rib cage alignment. You know, we want to hinge and not hunch, exhale and engage and watch that rib thrusting. So as you bend forward, you're hinging, keeping your back straight. And as you come back, shh, that's where you push with your legs pull back with your arms and not arching your back, not rounding when you go forward and not arching when you come back, but hinging at the hips, keeping the core really engaged on the forward movement and really pulled in on that exhale, on the on the pulling back movement against the, against the row. You can use bands um, to simulate the coordination of this and get that full range of motion of the shoulders without thrusting your ribs outside of rowing if you're rowing on the real water instead of just on a machine um then you can do some work on the machine to work on kind of the coordination and connection there um you want to do the sitting hip release hip flexor release the door frame release all of those things so that we can kind of come out of that but you know kind of folded up position when you're done your your workout or your your um rowing activity so that you can feel like you've elongated out of that. But really it has to do with getting that full shoulder range of motion without thrusting the ribs. Very similar in some ways to swimming and some of the work we can do with the bands because of that. Uh, skiing, neutral pelvis, squat hinge, core connection for balance, side to side movements more than up. And some of this stuff you wanna do um, on, you know, you know, not on on the hill at first, kind of really thinking about, can I do some of those squat hinges and going side to side, side to side, doing like a little shuffle with your feet side to side, side to side, can I stay engaged? Sometimes a mini tramp can be really good because you don't actually have to bounce, but you, you get like that kind of give and take of going side to side to side where you're swinging your hips and you're you're keeping your core engaged while you have more of your weight on one foot, keeping your core engaged when you have your weight on the other foot. That breath as you shift side to side can be really helpful. Um, so I, I was, you know, some of it's hard to simulate um, without being on the hill, but I would say start on easier hills. I know that's so painful for good skiers to start on the easier hills, but you want to really think about, can I stay, can I do some elongating stretches while I'm waiting for that chairlift? Can I kind of reach my hands up over top? Um, and am I tucking my tail when I'm kind of in that crouch position or do I have my back straight and my tail untucked as I'm kind of taking some of the impact of those bumps and, and, you know, kind of, um, areas of the, of the ski hill. Snowboarding is different because you're going sideways and, um, there is that squat hinge and this is really I've helped a lot of snowboarders kind of get back with the tilt board where they do a little bit of work um, 
at home in front of the TV, just kind of standing on that tilt board, kind of working. Can I engage my core? Can I going forward, going back, going forward, going back, going forward, going back on that tilt board and keeping my balance and keeping myself in that hinge and building up the endurance of it a little bit at a time. It's very asymmetrical movement. So you want to make sure you're doing a lot of stretches to balance out the overuse of one side more than the other. Um, you don't change sides. You usually pick a side and you go that way. So it's important to stretch the opposite side. Okay. All right. So that's kind of, you can kind of see how we break down pieces, how we take some of the strategies that we've been using in um, kind of our rehab process. Right. And maybe if you're not, if you're listening to this and you're, gosh, you don't even know what I'm talking about when I say stuff like forward bend hamstring stretch or standing QL stretch. These are these are tools that we use in our courses that um, really are key to helping people uh, get their core strong and work on compensation patterns. And when you're really trying to return to something as challenging as a sport, you really need to be in tune with your body and know what what areas your body tends to compensate with and how to stretch and release those areas and how to stay connected to those weak spots and kind of reinforce the weak spots as well. All right, the big difference between low impact sports and high impact sports is the fact that you're going to be you're you're going to have higher impact. So you have to work on some running and the progression from walk to run before you return to higher impact sports. And it doesn't have to be running for miles and miles. And some of it is stop and start running. Some of it is side shuffling. Some of it is run forward, run back, run forward, run back. It's it's um, getting used to all of the different dynamics. And what's great about this is you can do these in little components. And if you think in terms of like what we call our fitness minutes, where we you know, work on something for a few minutes twice a day, one to two minutes, one to two times a day, you can break down a component of that like kind of shuffle or, you know, uh, run and stop, run and stop and, and feel like, can I stay connected to my core and stable when I have that dramatic change in movement patterns. So a lot of times we'll do some little jumps and some little leap progressions and build up those little components outside of the, the actual sport. So you're like, it's not the first time you've jumped when you go to spike your volleyball, that you've done some little little jumps without your arms, some little jumps simulating that movement, and then we build it back in. Um, so let's just start with volleyball. Uh, it could be volleyball on the beach. It could be volleyball on, on the court, uh, grass, or in the gym, whichever. It's uh, different. Each one's different. Um, same same sport, but different impact. Um, you want to be elongating as much as possible, knowing how to do that hinge and not hunch, hinge and squat. And then you're going to break everything down into drills. So thinking about... Um, you know, setting practice where every time you set the ball, you're exhaling and engaging your core on that impact. Every time you bump the ball, you're doing that with your with your core active and, and engaging when you you hit the when you hit the ball. If you're doing serving practice, really recognizing that you do some serving practice without the ball where you do the jump and spike without the ball, the jump and hit without the ball, really focusing on 
the impact that you're going to have when you hit the ball and the impact that you're going to have when you hit the ground, right? And really being prepared for both of those um, and trying to hit in a squat. And there's, you know, a lot of like diving and moving all of those different directions that can happen in volleyball. But I think when you first return, you need to talk to your team and, and create some boundaries of what you are and are not going to do. So your team is not expecting you to dive for a ball ball if that's not what's in your wheelhouse right now. Um, but breaking it down into pieces, um, just, just trying to stay connected to your core um, while you're doing some of those pieces and getting your body in neutral pelvis. And you probably have to work on your shoulder range of motion as well because there's a tendency to, your, to flare your ribs when your upper body is too tight. Um, basketball, neutral pelvis stretches are key. Running form is key. There's a lot of side shuffling, side stepping, shuffling side to side, side to side. There's a lot of coordination with the ball, just dribbling or passing shooting, learning how to engage your core on the shot, learning how to exhale and engage when your hands are overhead with small jumps um, with just your hands and then doing double jumps um, with your hands or doing a, a throw with your hand and engaging your core and really kind of getting the coordination that you can exhale and engage your core because you might be surprised at how much you brace your core when you're doing some of this stuff and you need to reverse that and change that pattern. Um, being able to dribble, run with and without the ball, being able to pivot, stop, start, and breaking it down and thinking about all those basketball drills. Work on basketball drills. Go and work on bas basketball drills just by yourself or, you know, with a partner um, before you actually go back to a game. Really spend some time thinking about what you need to do. Just, you know, go out, you know, in your driveway and do a couple of drills. Break it down into pieces so that you can make sure you're staying connected when you start putting all those pieces back together. Tennis. Um, tennis is a lot of hinging, a lot of rotation. It's another one of those sports that sometimes people that have diastasis are told they can't return to. I don't necessarily agree. I think you do need to do the prep work. You need to work on your posture, that hinge squat with a straight back, learning how to do some of the core connections on the swing, breaking it down into drills with the racket only, without a ball, and then kind of just against a wall, working on the backhand, the front hand, reaching, doing the shuffling steps, stopping start stuff, breaking it down into all of those pieces so that um, you are, you know, your body knows how to to connect in all those pieces. And you can see, isn't it, even as I break down these sports, you can see how, exhausting it can be on your core if you've only been doing some really controlled stuff once you start adding all the dynamics of a sport um it can be really uh take a lot of coordination and and um connection right and so you're going to have to be intentional about setting up the skills and drills prior outside of doing a full you know tennis match or a full volleyball game that's a lot to ask of your body when you haven't been doing those things. Even if in your brain you could totally do it, um, be smart, okay? Soccer, um, running form, oh, there's a lot of sprints in soccer. There's a lot of, you know, just going full out and then stopping and changing directions and going full out. So think about all the things we talk about with, with running, the neutral pelvis stretches, the form, the chest up, the eyes up. 
um, recognizing that you uh, need your core to be elongated, the stop and start, you need to really be able to engage your core on that. Practice that exhale and engage when you're shooting. Practice with the passes that exhale and engage. Practice it on the overhead throws that exhale and engage. Changing directions, pivoting. Really, can you stay connected and use your core to help you? Um, the more you integrate it, the more it's going to help you and it's going to work for you. Dance. Neutral ribcage, neutral pelvis stretches. There's so much going on dance. There's so many different components to it. But the biggest thing is thinking about that jump recovery, elongating, giving your body the ability to move through all those movements, but staying stable and mobile. So, so feeling connected, but also feeling like you have the flexibility of what you need to do. So I always say, slow it down. Do your things in slow motion. Really break it down into the components. Do stuff without the arms first, then add the arms. Do stuff with you know just the arms, then add the, the leg component. Break it down into its pieces and, and then also recognize that some forms of dance like ballet really ask you to be in that tail tuck position. When you're not in ballet anymore, stretch it out and walk normal. Toes not out, tail not tucked. You need to find that balance in the rest of your life because you can't maintain that posture in everything else you do and have good form. Um, but there's there's a lot of, um, you know, can be a lot of pelvic movements, a lot of side movements, a lot of side bending, a lot of standing kind of crunch-like movements and arches that can come with, with dance. My biggest thing is if you're staying connected, you can do a lot of those movements um, because they're a fluid dynamic movement that's actually using your core. But if you're doing anything that actually is making you forcefully push out on your tummy or bulge your tummy or flare your ribs, those are going to be all your kind of, you know, red lights that you want to you wanna hold off and, and modify kind of those movements until you can really stay connected and, and not have that bulging or pushing or pressure out on your core or in your pelvic floor. All right, baseball, softball, running again, neutral pelvis, neutral rib cage stretches, really thinking about your running form, even though it's a short bursts of run. Um, swing practice without the ball, exhaling, engaging on the rotation and, you know, during the impact, stop and start running, throwing practice, that overhead reach and down low reach, learning how to hinge and, and really getting the flexibility at your hips so that you can hinge and you're not doing it all in your back. So a lot of times what I see is we've lost flexibility in our shoulders and in our hips and knees. And so we're trying to compensate with that with our back, but our back has um, not as nearly as much range of motion. And so if we're trying to move our ribs and our pelvis in and out to, to compensate for less mobility or less range of motion in a shoulder or a hip, then we're creating this constantly unstable core area. And it doesn't allow your core muscles to give you that solid stability that's required on the effort of some of these sports. So a lot of times we're looking at, do we have the range of motion we need in the shoulders and in the hips? What do we need to keep the core stable so we can get the range of motion in those other areas? So we're using the right muscles for the right reasons. And this is why sports as adults 
is very different than sports as kids when we're kind of, you know, staying active all the time. When we're, as adults, we, we usually have a really sedentary component or a chronically uh, sitting component to our life. And then we ask our body to do something very different for our activity. So we have to, we have to do the steps in between. We have to set the stage in between to make those sports work for us. All right. Um, and running, um, there's, you know, we have a walk run progression form first, really looking eyes on the horizon, neutral pelvis, um, you know, keeping your toes pointing forward, not out to the side, really thinking about that progression and the kick of your foot, thinking about your form when you're on inclines and declines, managing your fatigue so you're not just powering through with poor form just because you're trying to make it to that, you know, 10-mile mark. Um, form first. Form first. No goal is worth you losing your form and injuring yourself because then you're not going to make your goal in the long run anyway. Head position, chest position, torso elongation, arm pump, and the breathing. You're not obviously going to exhale and engage on every single step. But as you breathe, it needs to really hug in from your core to stabilize your body and your spine. Running alone is not what all of these sports include. It's a lot of jumping, leaping, side movements, forward, back, diagonal, all of those pieces that we often break down for you and help you break down into little pieces that can be really helpful, okay? But skills and drills is, is the foundational component of how we deconstruct a sport or an activity, and then reconstruct it. We want to deconstruct it, break it down into its component pieces. What are the hard pieces? Where are the areas in your activity or in the course of the game that you start to lose it? And how do we how do we work on that? Is it just an endurance piece? Is it we lose form at this point? We have to build endurance in this particular component. So we have to deconstruct it and then we reconstruct it with this new connection to your core that maybe you had when you were younger, but it was automatic and you didn't think about it, but you lost it when you had whatever injury, whatever functional core weakness component that you've been struggling with, you've lost it and we need to not assume it's just going to jump back online. We have to set the stage for it to jump back online. So... You know, this, I, I recognize that this podcast goes into a lot of depth, assuming that you guys know a lot of stuff that you may not know. If you don't know what I'm talking about, if you want to know how to really connect to your body, how to return to the sports you love when you have had a diastasis and recovered, or when you're on the way to recovering from a diastasis, or you have pelvic floor um, issues or low back instability or something that we've been working through with the tummy team to get you stronger um, or you haven't even started that work yet you just want to get back to your sport and you didn't realize oh maybe I need rehab first um, it's not maybe you absolutely need rehab first rehab is going to balance out what's unbalanced help you connect to what's been lost and help you get um, the set the stage and the foundation for this next step uh, our functional core course, um, as I'm filming this or recording this podcast is not yet released, but it should be released within the next four weeks. And so we are going to cut, we cover all of these things in that course and then some. So 
if this is something that you're excited about and you want to get back to a sport and you you don't want to wait, you can always do an e-session with me and I can walk you through how to break things down into components and skills and drills to help you um, get back to the things you love. Remember, it's really important about living the life you love and and um, doing it smart and not getting injured and uh, looking at, you know, can I do this? And usually, yes, we can help you do it. And I know I didn't cover every sport. So if there's a sport that you're interested in and you think I can help you, I would love to try to help you. All right, guys, thank you so much for joining us for this podcast and uh, for listening all the way through, even if you didn't do all of these sports. Um, I think, you know, there's something for everybody here. And uh, hopefully this helps you uh, have hope and, and, and kind of see how you can, can um, get back to doing the things you love. All right. Find out more about what we do at thetummyteam.com. We would love to help you be strong for the life you were meant to live. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for joining us today at the Tummy Team Journey podcast. To hear more inspiring stories, subscribe to our podcast and leave a review. And of course, to get more information, check out all that we do at thetummyteam.com. We would love to help you be strong for the life you were meant to live.